3: to the radio
2: it's different our lives are ruined already the whistler
4: The tape will self-destruct
5: in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, I'll present the conclusion to the Burns and Allen Show from 1942, then June Foray stars in a humorous science fiction adventure on the CBS Radio Workshop from 1956. With me, as always, is my co-host, Lisa Wolf, the woman with the biggest dimples on the face of the earth.
6: I'm still here from the first hour.
5: All right. And so what's happening in Hollywood?
6: Well, we can stargaze about Oprah Winfrey today. She's in the news. Yeah. And she will star in a film called A Wrinkle in Time. Are you familiar with that?
5: I am not.
6: It's an adaptation of the 1963 Newbery Medal-winning classic novel. I did know the novel. Uh, read it many, many years ago, so couldn't... Uh... You read? No, I used to read oh. many, many years ago. Okay. Not anymore, of course. Um, the script is by... Oscar-winning *Frozen* writer Jennifer Lee and Miss Winfrey will play the role of Mrs. Witch. Uh, Mrs. Witch, spelled W-H-I-C-H. It's one of three mm. immortal women. The others include Mrs. What's It and Mrs. Who.
5: So, sort of like a take on uh, the Who's, who's on, on First, first yeah. right?
6: Something like that. But this story follows children, and uh, they travel through time and they visit strange worlds, and yeah. they I find totally their missing yeah. father. I totally
5: got it. I totally, I'm totally right? following you. This
6: is a classic book, hmm. um, and they're adapting it to a film. It will be released next year, July of 2017. You didn't lose me at all on that.
5: So thank you very much. Well, I'm just, completely uh, all overseeing that. What's it called?
6: I'm not going to tell you. What's you it just called don't again? You just weren't listening. No,
5: I was listening. I,
6: I like anything open. I see your
5: mouth go op, you know, open and close a lot, but I don't right. hear exactly what you say sometimes. I've noticed that before. No well, offense. I do it, that to I'm everybody, interested. really. I know that. Yeah. Okay. So, All right. Well, thanks, Lisa. Sure, Carl. All right. It's time now for the conclusion to the Burns and Allen Show. We started this last time. Let's go back to November 17, 1942 for the Hat Box Hostage on the Burns and Ellen Show.
0: Hello, dear. Oh, back so soon. Gracie, did you buy another hat? Uh Uh-uh. And what's in the box? What box? The box you have under your arm. What arm? (laughs) What arm?
3: Well, you you mean this arm? Hmm. Uh, The one attached to my shoulder?
0: (laughs) Yes, what's in it?
3: Oh bones and muscles and arteries and... not the
0: arm um, not the arm um, the box
3: oh the, the the box
0: the box the box what's in it
3: well um uh, a picture
0: are you asking me
3: no 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 I'm telling you it's a picture of my cousin Philip that's what it is a picture you're talking picture oh, you know cousin Philip spoke very little English
0: Chrissy, for the last time what is in that box
3: well, All right, I'll tell you. But you've got to promise you won't get mad. Will you get mad? No. How much do you want to bet? Gracie. (laughs) Well, you told me I could spend a dollar and a half for a turkey. So I bought a little live one, and we can fatten them up, and that way we'd uh, have the mortons over.
0: You bought a live turkey?
3: Well, they're easier to fatten up that way than the other kind. Oh,
0: well, that's fine. I knew we'd wind up feeding those mortons again. Okay, let's see this turkey that we're going to fatten up. Gee, he isn't very friendly. Hmm. He looks like he's thinking of biting my nose off.
3: Well, look what you're thinking of doing to him.
0: Yes, I, I guess so.
3: Oh, it's my darling little ducky. Oh, Herman, Mama has a surprise for you. Yes, really. Look in this box. Oh, Herman, don't be frightened. It's only a little turkey. And he's going to live with us for a while, Herman. Oh, oh, Why Herman burns you're jealous.
0: This is the happiest moment of my life. <laughs> Gracie, are Herman and the Tux uh, and and duck still fighting in the pantry?
3: Well, I- I- I'll look and see. <laughs> I think they're still fighting.
0: Mm. I got the same impression. And unless we do something, the neighbors will be complaining about the noise.
3: Yeah, I wouldn't put it past that snippy Mrs. Marks who lives next door. She She's had it in for me ever since I borrowed her vacuum cleaner last week. I don't know why.
0: Well, maybe you kept it too long.
3: Oh, no, no. I gave it back to her as soon as I finished cleaning the fish.
0: <laughs> Very unreasonable woman.
2: Hi, people. What brings you back, Chisler? Well, that's what brought me back. I invited myself over here for Thanksgiving dinner, and then I remembered to have a date with the girl for Thanksgiving. Oh, well, it's too bad, Bill. But Gracie, you love having her. She eats like a horse.
0: <laughs> oh, fine. Well, Bill, your Thanksgiving dinner's in the pantry, and he's fighting with that silly duck. Oh, a live turkey? Mm. Well, I better go out and break it up.
2: You know, it'd be just like Herman to bite him in the part I like best. <laughs> Leave it to me, George.
7: <laughs> now, wait a minute.
2: Wait a minute. Just a minute. Don't you birds realize that you get along better in life if you behave yourself and don't fight? Yes, that's so. Now, you take the case of a little swan I know, Herman. He was a good little bird, and now he's famous. They put his picture on every swan wrapper, and he's very proud, because swan is the new white floating soap that gives you all that pure, mild lather so fast. So you see, Herman, it pays to be a sweet little bird. Yes, that's so. Oh, shut up. Oh, now, now, wait a minute. I I didn't mean that, Herman. I meant you should be gentle, like swan soap is gentle. It's as mild as the finest Castile soaps, so mild that mothers use it to bathe their babies, so mild that it's perfect for anybody's bath or shower. So, Herman, why don't you be mild and gentle, too, and put your wing around your cute itsy-bitsy baby turkey? (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> why, listen, you little... You little ducky there's, uh, there's plenty of room for both of you So instead of fighting, why don't you go half and half? You know, like swan soap You break it in two, put half in the kitchen for dishes and cleaning And the other half in the bathroom for your hands and face Now do you see what I'm talking about, Herman? Uh-huh. Well, what do you say to the little turkey?
7: Uh-huh. Oh!
3: Cut it
2: out. Well, so long, George. So long, Gracie. Oh,
3: what's your hurry, Bill?
2: Why are you limping? Herman bit me in the part he likes best. Goodbye.
0: (laughs) Gracie. Gracie, go into the pantry and stop that fighting or we'll be thrown out of the neighborhood.
3: All right, dear. (laughs) Oh, now, now, stop that right now. Stop it. Why, shame on you, Herman Burns. That's no way to treat a little girl turkey.
7: Yes, yes,
3: a girl. Uh, Herman, isn't she cute? Yes. Why, Herman Burns. You know, sometimes I think you're older than you look. Hey, George...
0: Tracy. Look, George, Tracy, I our he... man just delivered all these things. What are they, anyway?
3: Well, they're for the turkey, George. I bought a little tub for it to swim around in, and I a also tub? bought...
0: A tub for the turkey to swim around in? Well,
3: it? yes, I thought it would be more humane. The, the turkey can get used to it by degrees, and it won't be such a shock when the time comes.
0: Get used to what by degrees?
3: Well, I'm going to fill the tub with gravy. <laughs>
0: A brilliant idea uh, Anything else?
3: Yes, yeah I-, I bought a sun lamp
0: A sun lamp for the turkey?
3: Yeah Well, why did you get that? Well, mostly for your sake For my sake? Yeah, I know you prefer dark meat
0: <laughs> Gracie, your ideas about raising a turkey are too advanced But
3: George, people shouldn't be afraid to try something new Suppose Marconi had been afraid to experiment We'd only have spaghetti <laughs>
0: Oh, sure, sure. Gracie, this turkey is costing me a fortune. Look at these price tags. Tub, five dollars. Sunlamp, fifteen dollars. I could have bought three turkeys with this. This is absolutely ridiculous. How do you do? (laughs) Have you a little turkey and a little duck as reported by a neighbor? Well yes. Why? Uh, May I refer you to statute 193 of this county? Hmm? Possession of two or more live fowl shall in this county be deemed ipso facto a poultry farm and such aforesaid property pertaining thereof shall be governed according to article 38, section 17 of the laws of said county. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> what, uh, what does that mean? Cough up ten bucks for a poultry
7: license.
0: <laughs> that does it. I'm going into that pantry, and the next time you see that turkey, he'll have parsley where his feathers used to be. Oh,
3: but there. Dear... Come
0: on, come on. I'm going to settle this right now. I knew that this thing would cost me oh, a fortune. George, George, look, look,
3: look. Herman and the turkey. Herman's got his wing around it. <laughs>
0: Ah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Well that's funny. Get this. Love comes to Herman Burge.
3: George, George, come inside a minute. What? George, I won't let you touch that turkey. It would be inhuman, that's what it would be. What would be inhuman? To eat our son's fiance for Thanksgiving dinner. Oh.
2: Well, here they are again, George and Gracie. Gracie's on the phone.
3: Hello? Is this Harry Morton? Oh, Harry. Harry, will, will you tell Blanche George is on his way over with a little turkey? He wouldn't let me keep it. It's pretty small, but you can fatten him up. How? Well, just feed a chocolate fudge sundae. Well, sure, sure, it'll work. Look at your wife. <laughs>
2: Next week at this same time, Eddie Cantor will be George and Gracie's guest. And there's a rumor that Ida... There's a rumor that Ida might join the Beverly Hills Uplift Society. So the makers of Swan, the new white floating soap, join George and Gracie in inviting you to tune in. Remember, Swan now brings you two of radio's top shows. George Burns and Gracie Allen and Tommy Riggs and Betty Lou over another network. And now until next week, this is Bill Goodwin saying... Well, I swan, how about you?
4: This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.
5: And that's the Burns and Allen Show. George Burns and Gracie Allen on that, along with Bill Goodwin, Mel Blank, and Elvia Allman, sponsored by Swan Soap. From November 17, 1942, is heard on CBS. Let's take a break. Then it's more here on Hollywood 360.
0: More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari.
5: Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari. It's time now for the CBS Radio Workshop. It was an experimental dramatic radio anthology. That aired on CBS for two seasons in 1956 and 1957. Billed as radio's distinguished series to man's imagination, it was a revival of the earlier Columbia Workshop broadcast on CBS from 1936 to 1943, and it used some of the same writers and directors employed on the earlier series. The CBS Radio Workshop was one of network radio's last attempts to hold on to and perhaps recapture some of the demographics that they had Lost to television in the post-World War II era. I think you're going to like this particular episode, Lisa. It's sort of a sci-fi humorous story. It's called A Pride of Carrots, and it has a lot of actors who later went into the cartoon voicing business, including the star June Ferre. You'll also hear Ted Bliss. Bill Thompson, Alan Reed, of course, Alan Reed was Fred Flintstone, and Dawes Butler. Dawes Butler did a ton of cartoons. Hugh Douglas does the announcing. Let's go back to September 14, 1956, for part one of the CBS Radio Workshop.
1: From Hollywood, the CBS Radio Workshop.
8: Well, folks, that just about winds up tonight's broadcast from the Interplanetary Rocket Ship American Initiative. If Commander Potter's astral navigation continues to hold as true as it has so far, I will be broadcasting to you tomorrow night at this time from the planet Venus, which even now looms dead ahead of us, brighter and somewhat larger than our own moon. This is J. Alexander Caudill speaking for Caledonia Oil, Shirley White Toothpaste, Inus Kleinus Noct Beer, and Barnum Dog Food, and returning you now to the CBS Studios on Earth.
1: CBS Radio presents the CBS Radio Workshop, dedicated to man's imagination, the theater of the mind. Tonight, A Pride of Carrots, or Venus Well Served, by the noted American novelist Robert Nathan. And here to tell his story is Mr. Nathan himself.
9: According to recent newspaper reports, scientists have been hearing strange and mysterious radio signals which they are convinced are broadcast from the planet Venus. And this may very well be the case. No one knows for certain that life exists on the other planets, but then no one can say for certain that it does not. And if it does, no one can say what form that life may take. One man's guess is as good as another's, and this is mine. This is the way Venus looks to me.
8: Ah, uh, feel good to stretch your legs again. Yeah, sure does. You feel heavier or lighter? Mm, just normal. Then the gravity's about the same as Earth. Look there. Hmm? What? A daisy. You can take off your helmet. You sure? Sure. The presence of flora indicates the presence of air. Quite good air, as a matter of fact. Yeah. <laughs> that rocket was getting a little musty. Well, this is a solemn moment, Commander. It is indeed, Gaudel. Look. The... First man on Venus. Hand me the flag, will you? Ah, oh, here you are. I hereby claim this planet for the United States of America through and... the courtesy of Caledonia Oil, Surely, White Tooth-Faced, Inus Kleinus Nock beer, and Barn Dog. Oh, Really, Caudle, must you? Well, it's in my contract. But we aren't on the air. Uh, well, a little rehearsal never hurt anyone. Anyway, we will be as soon as the tubes on this walkie-talkie warm up. One, two, three, four, testing. One, two, three, four, testing. There we are. CBS on Earth from caudal on Venus. CBS on Earth from caudal on Venus. How do you read me? That's funny. They're standing by around the clock on this frequency. Earth from Venus. Earth from Venus. Come in, Earth. Maybe freak atmospherics. Oh, fine. At a time like this, to run into freak. Potter. Yes? Do you see what I see over there in those bushes? Speaking of freaks. What is it? Well, it looks like a little horse. Yeah, but it's got wings and a sort of beak. And a tail like a kangaroo. And it's coming this way. Yeah, so, where, where's the rig I'll get it. I right, stand back, you filthy beast. Go away. Go away. I beg your pardon? Hmm? I, you,
4: you talk? Oh, naturally I talk. So do you. Haven't I seen you somewhere before? Certainly not. Oh, I'm sure I have. Oh, yes, on CBS. The outside of the inside of the news. You're J. Alexander Cottle.
8: Do you mean to say you get our programs here on Venus?
4: Venus? What do you mean, Venus? You're from Venus up there. Uh, We call it the evening star at certain times of the year. But that's Earth. Nonsense. This is Earth. That's Venus. Silly, isn't it? But that's semantics for you. For instance, what would you call a group of carrots? Bunch. Bunch? Oh, good heavens, no. A pride of carrots. That is, of course, on this side of the border. And a gaggle of onions. But if you were on the other side of the border, it would be an exaltation of onions and a deceit of carrots. Semantics, you see. It depends on your point of view. Uh, I see. A charm of griffin's.
8: You are a, uh, a griffin, I take it? Of course. Rather
4: highly placed, as a matter of fact. Have you notice my gold collar? I belong to the Secretary of the Interior. My name is Fido. And the Secretary? A very able carrot. Quite famous in his own right, but even more so for his wife's tassel. You've seen ordinary carrots, no doubt, with their green tops. But this is a most unusual tassel. Blue Everyone is copying it.
8: How oh, does it happen that you, an animal, belong to a vegetable?
4: Well, one has to eat. Vegetables? Oh, dear, no. Caraway seeds, truffles, marzipan. You look a little like marzipan yourself. Do you mind if I try... Uh, hey, cut it out. Stop biting me. Mm. Uh, delicious, but definitely not marzipan. What is it? Meat, you fool. You don't say. Meat. I never tasted meat before. You'll meet yourself. I am? Splendid. I'll just try
8: me. Oh, that hurt. Of course it hurt. Now stop this nonsense and lead us to your master.
4: Oh, yes, of course. That's why I'm here, isn't it? Follow me,
9: follow animals. They had not walked far through fields of charming wildflowers which sang like birds until they came to a shady bower of massive ferns. In the middle, reclining on a soft bed of lettuce leaves, were two carrots, much like any other carrot you may have encountered, excepting that one had a tassel of the most brilliant blue. The carrot with a standard green tassel arose as they approached.
10: Welcome to our planet.
8: Oh, thank you. In the name of the United States Navy, I... Later, Potter, later. Uh, Your Majesty, uh, that is, Your Majesty's...
10: Uh, We are not Majesties. This is a republic... I am Edwin, Secretary of the Interior, and this is my wife, Edwina.
11: And you're the famous news commentator, J. Alexander Coddle, and you're Commander Potter.
8: Well, precisely, madam.
11: We've been watching your trip ever since your takeoff, until we lost you when you rounded Mars. (laughs) You're most welcome.
8: Well, thank you, madam. You can perhaps conceive the feelings with which Commander Potter and I gaze upon this unfamiliar scene, the first mortals ever to...
11: What's that? Oh, that's my daughter Alice. She knows all the latest songs. She says she's a cool cat, whatever that is.
5: That's the first portion of this CBS radio workshop. We'll have more after these words.
0: Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360.
5: And now let's get back to a pride of carrots starring June Foray on the CBS radio workshop.
11: Hi, everybody. Company? Yes, dear. Come here and meet our visitors from outer space. Mr. on Commander Parker. Huh? Oh, I know all about the mother. Welcome to Caratania, gentlemen. I have already welcomed them, Alice. Oh, you don't understand the animal kingdom, father. They'd much rather be welcomed by a young girl. Really, Alice, where do you learn such things? At school, in zoology class.
8: And where did you learn that song?
11: Oh, I watch your television all the time. I want to be a great actress and sell cigarettes. You think I'm mad?
8: No, that sounds like a very normal ambition to me.
10: Oh, I like you, Potter. You interest me. Now, Alice, you simply must stop this prattle. We're all a little on edge, I'm afraid. This last day of waiting has been, well, after all... They could have landed in Onionopolis. But they didn't. The Onions didn't get them. We got them. The Onions? Yes. You see, our planet is divided into two countries. The Democratic Union of Caratania and the United Socialist Republics of Leeks and Onions. They are constantly threatening us with war. Well, why? They want us to be Onions. But that's absurd. Of course it's absurd. Especially when you realize that the only possible thing for everyone to be if he wants to live a decent kind of life, is a carrot. Oh, naturally. But the onions won't see it our way, and they can't be trusted. I'm given to understand that they plan to use nematodes. It's race suicide, of course.
8: Nematodes? How do you think? Uh, Aren't they the tiny worms that all but ruined the citrus in California back in the 40s?
10: I don't know much about citrus. Not exactly my line, you know. But here, the nematodes eat vegetables. A kind of virus. Too small to see. We've tried to outlaw them, but the onions won't agree. Ah, well, we'll wipe each other out, I suppose, and the spiders can take over. It's sad to think about. Just spider webs everywhere. You know, it
8: seems to me that they worked out a way to fumigate for nematodes out
10: in California.
8: See if I could just get through to CBS on Earth, I could find out.
10: You've had difficulties getting through?
8: Well, at any rate, Earth isn't getting through to me.
10: I'm sure we could get you through on a planet-to-planet hookup, particularly if you can find out anything about fumigating for nematodes.
8: Hey, Commander, you hear that? We're going on the air after all. Uh, Oh, splendid. You want me to... Make a prepared report, or shall we ad lib? Well, you better type the report. You can ad lib to your wife.
11: Oh, you have a wife, Potter.
8: Oh, yes, my dear. Every Navy man over a full lieutenant has a wife.
11: A woman, I presume?
8: Oh, yes, definitely. Has to be, you know.
11: What is your wife like, Potter?
8: Why, uh, she's uh, female, like uh, this.
11: Oh, odd. Bumpy, isn't she? Well, uh... You're not bumpy,
10: Potter.
8: No, I, I suppose not. Yes, well, uh, Your Excellency, uh, how soon do you think you can get us on the air?
10: We should be able to have it set up in a few hours.
8: Well, now, my regular spot is 8.30 to 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. You, uh, you think you can make it? We'll do our best. Oh, great. Hey, this calls for a celebration. It's too bad we haven't a bottle of champagne.
3: Champagne? What's that?
8: Well, a kind of bubbly wine. Uh,
3: Wine is made from grapes, isn't
8: it? Yes, ma'am.
3: I'm not sure I like the idea. Some of our best friends are grapes.
8: Yes, well, well, don't worry, ma'am. We haven't any champagne anyway. We could break out our emergency rations. Now, that's a fine idea. Got a can opener? Sure,
10: right here. You uh, care to join us, Your Excellency? Well, I don't know. May I see that can, please? Oh, sure. Here you are. U.S. Navy for emergency use only. Concentrated carrot juice. Oh, oh God, 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 say. God God, Seize these men. Put them under arrest. They're onions in disguise.
9: Our scene shifts now to Onionopolis, capital of the United Socialist Republic of Leeks and Onions which controls half of the planet Venus. We are in the office of the Secretary General of the party, a large, fat, white onion named Odor, as General Shallot enters. Death to carrots. Death to carrots. Well, General, the rumor has been verified by the Underground. They landed near Caratopolis this morning. How did you permit this to happen, General.
0: Unfortunately,
9: our side of the planet was turned away from the direction they were traveling, so they landed on the backside,
12: comrade. Excuses, excuses. We must have those spacemen, General. We must have their technical skill before the carrots get it, or we will be in the soup. Yes, comrade. It is insufferable that we who invented television, jet propulsion, the atomic bomb, and the bicycle should be deprived of these two men who can tell us how to use them. It is an outrage, a national insult. Death to courage. Uh, Likewise. I want those two spacemen. It may be difficult, comrade. You uh, could call me excellency or little father. Everyone does.
9: I am a descendant of the garlics. A garlic does not call anything excellency.
12: Of course, of course. I was only joking. Here we are all comrades, all excellencies, little fathers. Except leeks, of course. Of course. Death to carriage. Death to carriage. Uh, By the way, General, what are you doing tonight? Realistic warmongers. Nothing. Capitalistic schwaid. Come have dinner with me. Decadent bourgeois. Love to. And those spacemen must be bourgeois, too, or they would have landed here. Possibly. Undoubtedly, but we will change their point of view once we have made them our guests, eh, comrade?
9: That might not be so wise,
12: comrade. Why not? Don't you want to learn how to set off guided missiles and ride
9: bicycles? That is not the point, comrade. Comrade. If we abduct
0: these spacemen,
9: we give Caratania a splendid opportunity to protest. And you must remember, comrade, protests are weapons, too. The very best weapons. They cost nothing, and properly used, they create an odor. A real onion odor. Then
12: you are opposed to kidnapping these spacemen. Definitely. Very well. I shall think about it. You could go, General. Thank you, comrade. Oh, by the way, I have news for you. You have just been promoted to field marshal.
9: Thank you, comrade. Strength to onion.
12: Strength to onion. See you at dinner. Death to carrots. I'll be there. Death to carrots. Eight, 30 sharp. Hello? Secret police? General Shalott has just left my office. Liquidate him. (laughs)
8: I'm hungry. I wonder when they feed their prisoners in this lousy jail. What difference does it make unless you have an appetite for bone meal, ammonium sulfate, and peat moss? Ugh. Guess I'm not hungry after all. Well, you shouldn't have shown him the label on the can, old man. That's what did it. Well, how could I tell? I thought it would be chicken consomme. It usually is. Just when I had the greatest broadcast in history lined up. Now,
9: now what? There's a lady to see you.
11: Miss Alice. Shh, not so loud. Thank you, Sergeant. You can leave us now.
10: Mind you, Miss Alice, this is contrary to your father's orders and against my better judgment. Oh, I know,
11: Sergeant, but it's utterly divine of you. I shall
10: be just outside. Scream if you need help. (laughs) You wouldn't hurt me, would you, Potter? I'm glad to have you aboard ma'am.
11: They say that you're dangerous vegetarians, that you eat carrots. Do you really? Well,
8: you see, ma'am...
11: I don't believe it. You're much too nice to eat poor little me.
8: Thank you, ma'am. You know, you yourself are a vegetarian, Miss Alice.
11: I am not. I'm a vegetable. It's not the same thing at all.
8: Well, now, just answer me this. What will happen to you when you die?
11: I'll be buried, of course. In the National Compost Heap.
8: Uh Ah, from which the rich steaming soil is taken to nourish the young carrots, right? Of course. Which then must of necessity feed upon your decayed flesh.
11: Why, of course. Why, how madly amusing. I really did eat my ancestors, didn't I? Oh, but I missed mother and father.
8: I should hope so.
11: But now what could be more satisfying to a girl's psyche than to have a father under her belt?
8: Oh, have you been through analysis?
11: Of course, haven't you? Well, yes. Oh, it's so nice to be able to talk the same language, isn't it? My analyst says the trouble with me is my mother has a blue top.
8: Exactly. The active competition of an adult parent.
11: It tends to make me aggressive. Kiss me, Potter. Huh? What? Kiss me. Good
8: Lord, really. I...
11: Are you afraid, Potter. It isn't even spring. I don't come into blossom till July. I know, but... but... Am I not beautiful? Am I not to be desired by the Navy? Oh,
8: oh, yes, yes, indeed, but...
11: but... I could have your head, Potter, on a silver tray, like Salome. I I know, but... I could set you free.
8: Well, for heaven's sake, kiss her and get it over with. No, but... Oh, you smell Mm. so good, like a grocery store. Oh,
11: it's like April... Is this love, Potter?
8: How can I feel this way about a carrot?
11: I feel a strange heat. Not like the sun.
8: Like a garden in the summer.
11: I don't feel at all like a vegetable.
8: I wouldn't have thought it possible. Look, how about getting us out of here?
10: The time is up, folks.
11: Oh, oh yes, I suppose it is. Oh, but don't worry, my darling. I'll be back. I'll be back quickly to set you free. You'll see.
8: Well, there's the navy for you. What have you fellows got that I haven't got? Blossoms in our hair. Ah. You uh, really like the girl, don't you? Yes. Well, now, of course, it's none of my business, but uh, what about Mrs. Potter? What about her? Well, she isn't going to like this pretty vegetable of yours. Caudle, could you be jealous of a stalk of celery? I am not married.
1: No, of course, that does make a difference. Oh, I wish we were safe at home. There's something frightening about being in love with a carrot. You,
8: you smell anything, Commander? No. That's funny. I, for a moment, I, I thought I smelled onions. Well, that's not very likely. I don't know. My eyes are watering. M- mine, too. You know, I do smell onions. Gentlemen. Huh? Who are you? You are free, gentlemen. She did manage it then. This way. Hurry, please. Where is she? I, I can't see very well. My eyes are full of tears. She's waiting for you. Just a minute, Commander. This isn't a carrot, it's an onion. Take them, comrades! Ah!
12: You see, gentlemen, we have no choice. The stakes were too high, being no less than war or peace. What are you talking about? Simply this, Commander Potter of the U.S. Navy. How do you make war? How do we do what? Make war. How do you destroy whole armies, cities, countries with all their inhabitants without at the same time annihilating yourselves? Unfortunately, there is no blight that will make compost out of carrots without doing the same for onions. I have to think of my people. Bless you, little father. Thank you, spindle You see, commander, we are still in the drawing board stage. We need technicians. Don't look at me. My dear commander, you must understand that the end justifies the means. When onions rule the world, who would wish to be a carrot? I offer you an important place in history.
8: The only place I want to be is next to a girl with a carrot top
12: who smells like a garden after rain. Now, 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 let us not grow emotional. But perhaps you are closer to her than you think. Will you teach us to make war, Commander? You see, I am giving you another chance. Opportunity rarely knocks so often. I will not. Very well. Perhaps we will find a way to make you change your mind. There is a little experiment I am planning with a pot of boiling water. How would you like to see your, shall we say, girlfriend floating about with only a marrow bone for company? A quite excellent soup, Petite Marmite, I believe it is called. Sure bluffing. Am I? We shall see. Spindle. Yes, little father. Take these gentlemen to the solarium and entertain them. Show them the vampire marigolds and the lizard-eating oleander, and they might be amused to watch the muerte vine digest its daily mouse. I warn you, Odor, the United States Navy will not take this lying down.
8: Nor will CBS. This way, animals.
12: Send in the other prisoner. Well, well, come in, young lady. Don't be bashful. I won't eat you.
11: What do you want with me? Why did you bring me here?
12: I suppose you wouldn't care to tell me the whereabouts of the Carrot Eight Army. No? Oh, you, so stupid, so impulsive, so desirable, but so uncooperative. By the way, your friend Commander Potter is here. <gasps> He, too, has proven uncooperative. We may have to press him a little.
11: He wouldn't dare. He
12: is being shown the Muerte vines at this very moment.
11: Not the meat-eaters.
12: Why not? The commander is meat, I believe.
11: Oh, no, no, not that.
12: Of course, I could be persuaded to change my mind. Oh, you have such lovely skin, my dear. So moist and tender. Please. You smell good, too, like a salad. Fragrant, but delicate. What freshness, what beauty. I adore you.
11: I loathe you.
12: You do not realize your situation. One word from me, you are in the soup.
11: I would a thousand times Or what
12: is perhaps more to the point, your friend Mr. Potter is left alone with the vampire Marigold.
11: Oh, no, no. Oh,
12: oh, oh, that fetches you. You really care for him, don't you? More than life. All the better is much more exciting to make love to a woman already in love. Adds a kind of seasoning, as it were.
11: You, you nettle. You noisome weed.
12: Blended, splendid. So sweet and so hot, almost like a Spanish onion.
11: Is this the way you make war on women and children?
12: War? Who is making war? I'm making love. You
11: are odious to me.
12: Very well. We will try, Mr. Potter, in the muerte oh,
11: no, no, no. I, I can't stand it.
12: You give up? You give in?
11: Will he have a safe conduct back to my father?
12: Yes, yes,
11: Will there be one for me? Later. Write it out.
12: But of course. For Mr. Potter, a pass. Also for Mr. Caudle. And now for Miss Alice.
9: Yes, little father?
12: Spindle, you will let the spaceman go. And you will see that this lady is returned to her own people. Later. It shall be done, little father. Now, divine creature, at last you are mine
11: No, no, stand back
12: Silly girl, drop that paper knife and receive the kiss of the little father No, no
11: It is thus a carrot kisses Alice! Oh, Potter, Potter, thank heaven you're safe. You're crying. It's nothing, nothing. It's only onion juice. Here, your passes. Go quickly, both of you. And you? I must wait for a little while. If I go with you now, they'll be suspicious.
8: No. If we have to die, then we'll die
11: together. Oh, no, no, my dear Potter. That wouldn't help my country, or this little world, or even me. I've become very sensible, Potter, very realistic. Don't you see? It doesn't matter about me. But you, you, Potter, you're the hope of the future. Look, I'll try to catch up to you at the frontier. If I don't come, be kind to Carrots, Potter. For my sake, go now. And God bless
8: you. Come on, Potter. We're on the air in an hour. Hurry,
11: hurry. They're coming back. I'm staying with you. No, no, my dearest Potter. Go. Go. The world needs you. The universe needs you. Come on,
8: Potter. Farewell, then, my dearest Alice. (laughs) Other species throughout the planetary system. This is J. Alexander Cordell, bringing you the very first broadcast from Venus through the courtesy of Caledonia Oil, Shirley White Toothpaste, Inus Kleinus Nock Beer, and Bar None Dog oh, ex- Excuse me a moment, ladies and gentlemen, there, there's some confusion here in the studio. We, we've just received a bulletin. What's that? Oh, no. Alice in the soup
11: Let's see uh, and I'll need a pound of peas, a pound of peas. Okay. and a cauliflower cauliflower
3: you must be very happy to have your husband back again, Mrs. Potter. And all those write-ups in the papers, my goodness. Did he really get to Venus like they said? I missed the broadcast. Yes, he did. A, a bottle of ketchup. A bottle of ketchup. Mm-hmm. You know, he looks a little thin in his pictures. I guess maybe they didn't have much to eat up there.
11: I guess not. What was it like? Did he tell you? He hasn't said much. Uh, four dozen onions. Four dozen? That's right. He, he eats them all the time.
3: Raw. Raw? <laughs> they say onions are good for colds. I know. There's lots of things like that, like carrots make your hair curly. Oh, he won't touch
11: carrots. He won't? Not even cooked? Not even cooked. I served a petite marmite the other night, and he got up and left the table. No! Now, isn't that something? Uh, one sack of uh, peat moss. What's that for? He, He says
3: he's got blossoms in his hair. That'll be 347, Mrs. Potter. I'll have someone take them out to the car for you. Thank you. Goodbye now. Blossoms in his hair. In February.
1: The CBS Radio Workshop. Produced in Hollywood by William N. Robeson, has presented A Pride of Carrots, or Venus Well-Served, by Robert Mason, with the author as narrator. A Pride of Carrots was adapted for the workshop by Mr. Robeson, who also directed the production. Heard in the cast were Helene Burke, June Foray, Tracy Roberts, Dawes Butler, Ted Bliss, Richard Hale, Alan Reed, Sam Pierce, and Bill Thompson. The original score was composed and conducted by Jerry Goldsmith. Stay tuned for five minutes of CBS News to be followed over most of these same stations by My Son Jeep. America listens most to the CBS Radio Network. <laughs>
5: And that's the CBS Radio Workshop with A Pride of Carrots, starring June Foray from September 14, 1956, as heard on CBS. Let's take a break. Then it's more here on Hollywood 360.
0: More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari.
5: I want to remind all of our listeners that we have a website for this show. It's hollywood360radio.com, and at that website, we have a podcast of all four hours of our Hollywood 360 show, plus a bonus hour, so you won't want to miss our podcast each and every week. The week that we are broadcasting, you'll hear on the following Monday. That's how we do it. We put a new podcast up every Monday. You'll hear the previous week's show, so hope you'll check that out. On our next program, we'll tune in to a horror episode of Lights Out, starring Mercedes McCambridge. Then it's part one of The Life of Riley. We'll see you next time.